0: In this episode, my friend Nurse Kathy and I discuss her discovery and journey into the infinite banking concept. Now, I'm telling you, she did an outstanding amount of research prior to paying a premium and getting started. She's worth listening to. I had a lot of fun having her on as a guest, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Banking with Life podcast. I'm your host, James Nethery. And I'm as uh, as excited as I have ever been because Nurse Nurse Kathy is with us today. She's agreed to, you know, carve out some time for us and uh, share with us who she is, what she does, and then how she became exposed to the idea of the infinite banking concept. And she's as you know salt of the earth, people, just cool as she can be. And I'm excited that you, the listener, has an opportunity. To hear her. So welcome, Nurse Kathy. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you for having me. It's a really an honor to be here and something I didn't ever really expect would ever happen. So really happy to be here.
0: Well, let me say that I think that um, you and I began talking a little over a year ago or so Mm Um, you've, you've become a client, but you, you had already done some research. And I mean, you're an accomplished professional. So let's start there. Just share with us, you know, who you are and kind of what you do,
1: Kathy. Sure. So as you said, I'm a nurse. Um, I actually, my specialty is newborn intensive care. And I've been doing that just about 27 years. So not quite 30 years, but a really long time. Um, really a passionate educator on anything to do with You know sick and small newborns and about a decade ago started my own consulting company specializing in baby neurology and teaching physicians and nurses how to read baby brains mris and set up different programs in their hospitals so i travel and teach and help them to um, set up the best environments for families and babies to grow better baby brains from the beginning
0: that's awesome how's the travel been the last you know 12 months or so
1: Yeah, non-existent, which has (laughs) been a huge change for me over the last 20 years um, of really traveling the world, but um, gave me time to dig into these concepts. And I think that's, I guess, the hidden blessing in having a lot of extra time and not traveling and being so busy was a chance to really reflect on where I was financially, whether or not that was with protection, just learning new concepts and you know, I'm a lifelong learner. So it was just one of these things that YouTube brought me to here.
0: Well, perfect. Th- expand on that, you know, so you're, you have some extra time Yep. and, uh, and you're reflecting on your financial position. And so you go onto YouTube yeah. and so that's a lot of ground between then and now. So, yeah. you know, share with us your whole, your whole, Uh, thought process if you will yeah
1: sure so I mean I think I mean if I really reflect back like how did I get there I was trying to think about that this morning like I mean it seems crazy now to even Think that I didn't know about this, but but there definitely was a time. Um, so I, really, I would think I was looking for some strat some new kind of innovative strategies on how to pay off my house. Like to be honest, and mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, should I you know accelerate my payments? Should I you know? I just was kind of thinking about this as a as a goal, you know, something that I could try to accomplish was to pay off my house. And so then that took me down kind of this bubble and I ran into some videos around velocity banking and somebody in one of the videos I was watching, I got really interested in kind of understanding this difference between daily accumulating interest versus kind of our traditional mortgages and you know, how to leverage daily interest and so that really yeah, I'm kind of a math nerd, so that really really intrigued me and so I thought, hmm, what is this concept? So I just really started digging into that idea. And then somebody in one of the videos said, and if you really want to turn this over, you should try infinite banking. And I was like, infinite banking, that sounds kind of cool. And then I just found Nelson Nash Institute, started listening to videos there, just, you know, was watching tons and tons of videos about illustrations and how you take out loans and and literally just consumed hundreds and hundreds of hours wow. of content. And of course your channel was um, one that came and and really, you know, I thought that connection between you and Nelson Nash, you know, it was just like this great synergy. And so I spoke to call with you.
0: <laughs> and- I, I, I'm going to use a math nerd if I could
1: because <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. um, we did we had lots of phone calls I mean you were yeah. you were very inquisitive you had a lot of legitimate good questions and a lot of them and we spent some time
1: yes we did you
0: know going through a lot of different we deconstructed you know some of the ideas that that really resonated mm-hmm were they're good ideas, but there were some adjustments that were, were that were made. Yep. Um and then and so I don't know, we had several calls and then, you know, you just go through the process and so it's I don't know when you're first actually became a client and purchased policy somewhere. I
1: think it was maybe yeah, eight, nine months ago. Okay. But yeah, I mean it took me a good two, three, four months of you know, researching, double checking, you know, checking in with my partner and saying, you know, is this a good idea? Should we do this? He was a little more skeptical. I made him watch some things. I reread the book. I listened again to podcasts. I I mean, I literally just, and I don't know that that's, that everybody needs to go that deep. Um, I just, I, I guess I could give a backstory on, on, I had had purchased a universal life policy um, about six years ago. And so I like to say I had the right idea, but the wrong tool. And so I already had this idea that that I wasn't going to be investing in 401ks anymore. I was looking for an alternative. And so I think that I was already You know, I was already interested in something different, but again, I felt burned by the other tools. So I think that made me more studious and more responsible this time to just really understand what I was buying, understanding the mechanisms, and to be sure that I was really confident in what I was going to do with it, why I was doing it instead of just, this is an alternative 401k and you know, just trying to kick that to the curb. And, and I feel like that's what I probably did in the last situation. I didn't really understand how the policy worked. The other thing is that the other agent was never, ever available. And so I think that, you know, just having so many calls with you, you know, you know, you say it on the podcast, you know, you just call Julie and you just got, but these are like real people. I mean, I know it's hard <laughs> to believe when you watch it from the other side of the screen, but I mean, these are real people, you know, you get on the phone, you, James actually calls you and Julie, te- you know, emails, you texts you. I mean, they give amazing customer service. So I feel like that part of it just also gave me confidence that you know, I wasn't getting myself in another situation and, you know, just had done my due diligence. And, you know, at some point you say it's all rhetoric so you write the check, and at some point I just decided, well, I guess it's time to write the check.
0: And good job, because it it was past time, but it was, you know, uh, I say past time, and it really is all conversation until somebody writes a check. But you can only go as fast as you, each of us, we can only go as fast as we can comfortable with not that we yeah. should always remain in our comfort zone and you know we have to be open to new ideas always right so yeah. you're a lifelong yeah. learner i'm a lifelong learner and you know the older i get the less change i like mm-hmm. but you know it's got to be balanced so i gotta have an open mind you know open and free debate is good um you know, why is universal life? Why is that the wrong tool? I think you pretty much discovered that on your own, I did. Mm-hmm. right? And and then I got to say 100 hours of any topic is, <laughs> that's a lot, right? Um, but I think it's important and we're all different. You know, some of yeah. us need more than others. And, and I would rather personally err on the side of, being too conservative or too much knowledge on a particular Mm -hmm. topic um and then the balance is always you know how much time you know uh is it going to take to actually make a decision but yeah yeah. do you feel like
1: some.
0: oh go ahead no no go ahead
1: i just say at some point i realized i wasn't getting any younger so i better just get on with
0: it (laughs) (laughs) right right so did, did you feel like you had to become a life insurance expert? I mean, you did learn a lot about product differences because you discovered on your own that you had the wrong tool. Yeah. And maybe the lack of attention accelerated that, which is, that's nothing new in the financial world either. Right. A product is sold, a product is purchased, and then all of a sudden you're instantly orphaned. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure that accelerated you know, the, your discovery of maybe you owning the wrong tool, but yeah. do you feel like you had to be a life insurance expert and know all the mechanics of a life insurance policy?
1: No, I mean, I, I, mean, I'm sure I thought, I mean, I was definitely was more educated than I ever was before. And, and of course, if you're going outside the box and you're trying to talk to your partner about it, you know, you kind of feel like you have to know a little bit enough that you can <laughs> right. explain what you're doing. Um, but I mean, I think I mean, again, I guess I would go back to be your own banker. You know, the book, if and you guys preach that all the time. It, once you understand the concept, then I think you you really just, just you're, you you're just dive in and and you and you're the agent, so you would answer all the questions I had, like how does this work or how does that work? And um, you know, as soon as you, know, you just kind of realize it's not an investment, it's a savings, it's a bank, and you know, it's. You, know, you save money, you got to put your money somewhere. So, you know, why not do what the rich have always done? Why not do something that's very old, something that I always like what you say about it, predating the IRS and these other 401ks. And I was just ready for something that was off the beaten path
0: perfect and then your partner i mean i don't think travel really slowed him down much right no COVID, it hasn't. Or COVID, COVID didn't slow his travel down
1: no yeah he's been really busy
0: so you did have to you know learn enough to convey it confidently you know and that's a yeah. difficult challenge in its own right because um typically and not just within the infinite banking world but anytime we're exposed to a new idea something different um, but in the financial world, we're often, put, and I don't agree with it, but we're often put on the defensive. Not by mm-hmm. our partners necessarily, although that does happen sometimes, but by every other financial professional guru because the more yeah. successful someone is, the more professionals they're surrounded by typically, whether they're mm-hmm. CPAs, attorneys, you know, financial advisors of whatever sort. And, which is okay, that's good. Um, And my position has always been, there's room at the table for all of the professionals. If the customer, if the consumer, if the client, if their best interest is truly at heart, then there should be room for everyone, right? But then you get real territorial with, you know, attorneys and viewpoints of CPAs and life insurance or investment and whatever. So I'm not saying it's always a love fest, right? But, (laughs) Yeah. You typically get pushback and put you're put on the defensive whenever you discover this idea and you want to share it with people. You know, the attorneys are typically like, my gosh, that's life insurance. You need an eyelid or you need to be in a trust or, you know, you don't need the cash value look at universal life or look at whatever mm-hmm. for estate planning. Mm-hmm. Then the financial advisors like wants you to explain to him how yeah. dividend paying whole life insurance works and he already thinks he knows and they're already an expert and it's very hard to teach anybody or someone that knows everything, anything. Right. Mm-hmm. I, but mm-hmm. and then you're typically put on the defensive. I don't agree with that, but it happens.
1: Um, yeah, and I there was a I think you call it noise, and you know there's a lot of noise, and there's even noise amongst your family and friends and people who are well-meaning, and I think at some point you just, at least for me, I just said I decided this is what I'm doing, and just stop listening to the noise.
0: Right, and either they respect that or they don't, and then the discussion yep. pretty much ends. Right. Yep. and and I pretty much uh, I always um, say and encourage that you know because once we embrace it it's even like health and we'll get into health I want you to share more on what you do Um, but once we embrace something and we believe it's good we want to share it with everybody that we We love and care about Mm -hmm. and then you do have to go we're all surrounded by the noise even the professionals and our family members and it's just uh you know it's an awkward situation but some will hear some won't you know nelson used to say and i completely agree it's obvious it's evident that this is more caught than it is Mm -hmm. taught right Mm -hmm. Um, and then once you get it or you you've caught it you know you've got to do your own vetting you've got to do your own research you've got to make sure it's you know fits your philosophy your values and then your partner the people that you love i mean you can't yeah you know we is in our process you know, husbands, wives, partners, they have to be on the same page or they they can't become a client. It's so important. You, yeah. c- you cannot work against each other. Now, it's quite often too that we find, you know, somebody is typically more interested in uh, finances or they handle all the finances and mm-hmm. the other one may not. And you know, well, I love them, so whatever they decide, I'm all in. <laughs> That's okay. But when there's like diametrically opposed, no. I'm not doing that ever, neither are you. It's a contentious situation that doesn't typically work out.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: But you did your due diligence enough to um, explain it to your partner.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, we still have I mean, I've done obviously with having done so much initial research and then continuing to listen to the podcast and, you know, your Q and A's and all of that. I mean, I continue to learn and I continue to go back to the books you recommend and and review those. And so I might pick up a nugget here and there and share it with Marcus and say, you know, here's what I learned this week or here's what I heard or, you know, just continues to validate and help us have a deeper understanding of, you know, what th- what this kind of thing is that we've decided to do to become your own banker and to, you know, be able to, you know, capitalize a, a plan that can help you in the future when you need it.
0: yep and I'm excited. On you know, we're level. we're still on the early end, and we were just getting yeah. going. We're just getting started. Um, and I, I need to bring this up because you know we've had several conversations, and in one of them, it, because you're a coach, you know, and I want you to expand on that. Um, sure, you 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 are a coach. I mean, you you teach medicine, you know, to a lot of people and have done that for a long time, but um, you said this and we kind of agreed and, and I wrote this down um, because I do mentoring you do mentoring right mm-hmm. and we agreed and this was we agreed i this is straight from nurse Kathy okay <laughs> okay she's like invite everyone work with mm-hmm. those who come toward you and mentor the committed
1: mm-hmm. do you remember that mm-hmm. I mean yeah you, yeah yeah, it was a quote I actually heard from, um, you know, in a lecture, and I believe his name is Seth um, Seth Resume, um, is who I believe said it first. So if I don't want to make sure I get give credit to where credit is due, but it really resonated with me. And it was in, you know, part of a, a network marketing business at um, product, you know, kind of a business education and, you know, trying to in those kind of situations when you are doing network marketing or sales or, you know, in anything really, um, it, you know, especially in what you do, it's, you know, invite everyone. I mean, I, I think this is always true, and you know, work with those who come towards you, and mentor the committed. I mean, I, I just thought those those three little statements really play out in so many different ways of, in our life, and and this is, I think, that's kind of your model too.
0: It is. I love invite it. Everybody. Yep. When you said that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I love that, and yeah, you know, I'm going to use that. This is the first time I've used it, right, in a broad context. Yeah. Um,
1: no, it's it's great words to live by, especially you know when you when especially what you do in teaching, um, but all of us, I guess.
0: Right, <clears throat> and so, okay, so uh, share with us. Um, you know, just continue. You know, you've gotten started. We're at the early end, and we're still, yeah. you know, building. And what what are you what are you doing? You know, professionally. You know, share with us what you do and how you do it. I mean, I know the. Sure. What you already said, but. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, I guess I would always usually say, you know, I'm a nurse by training. Um, and then I've, you know, I worked in the hospital for many, many years and then started my own business. And so I've been self-employed and building businesses, um, at least since 2006. So I guess that's 15 years now or so. And, you know, I think as you kind of move from being an employee to self-employed, you learn lots of things you never, ever expected to, especially as a nurse, you know, I didn't ever think that I would need to be thinking about my own retirement my own insurance my you know you know just my own savings tools and you know capitalizing and making decisions on cash flow and you know how how am I going to invest now versus later or do I invest in my business or save for a 401k so you know I think just becoming an entrepreneur and business owner you you learn all sorts of things that you weren't initially trained to do and you know I think financial um, stress is a, is a reality for many nurses. And so I think I, I've always wanted to make sure that nurses felt empowered to start their own business, to, you know, start a side hustle, find a way to double their income, you know, become less dependent on the hospital systems, you know, to be, you know, more independent. And, you know, I've been blessed to be able to do those things. And and I so I really do want to help others in their self-care and i love if i can revolutionize health care which i don't know about but definitely helping nurses with their wealth care is something that i i think and i see nurses who just get stuck they get stuck in passionless purposeless jobs because they are tied to a pension they're tied to a 401k they're tied to a benefit package and they don't love their work anymore they don't love being a nurse anymore and but they stay and so you know, I, I feel lucky that I was able to get out young and find my own path and still stay connected to my profession and to my specialty, but, you know, to do it on my own terms. And, and that's required my, myself to, you know, to continue to learn and develop so that I can be the best business owner I can and take care of myself.
0: I love that. I think, and I often say, we have forgotten how to be free in America. Hmm. Mm and so it's, if we remain in our comfort zone, tied to a pension, tied to an employment, yep. tied to a profession, tied to, you know, whatever it is, um, it's easy to lose the love and it's easy to lose the, the passion for, you know, your profession. Um, once you get outside of your comfort zone, and that doesn't mean you have to leave your profession to get outside no. of your comfort zone, but that's where success is and that's where freedom is in my opinion is outside of your comfort zone mm-hmm. and i tell young people all the time you have to become comfortable being uncomfortable yeah you have to and it's okay to because the outside on the other side of your comfort zone is where freedom is and part of you cannot be free without being financially free as well yeah right so yeah that's where it is and Every path is different. Every passion is different. But um, whatever your comfort zone is, get out of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I
1: think it's those things like if you're maybe you do really love maybe you do love your work you know working at the hospital and the staff you have and the people you mentor and the new students you have i mean maybe you do love that but that doesn't mean that you can't find that freedom financial freedom in other ways that you can't do things like becoming your own banker with the income you earn at the job you have and the job you love i happen to be self-employed and so it fit in with my model but i think that people who are employees are probably even have been sold the lie that you talk about a 401k. I mean, yeah, I started contributing to my 401k when I was 21. I mean, I was always about compounding interest and you know, I I read all the books and did all those things. I knew the value of starting early and and those things. and, And luckily I did, but I also took money out of my 401k to buy my first house. Like I was never afraid of leveraging what I consider my money and, you know, and that is i think a powerful thing that not everybody feels that and certainly like you said some advisors i have had advisors say you will never recover from this like do not do this i advise against it and then you just have to say well i just i'm gonna disagree and i'm gonna you know, I'll I'll own it if I if it ruins me. But I'm, this is what I'm doing. So.
0: Wow, that's that's probably the most powerful statement I've heard. This will ruin you, and you will never recover from it. You will never recover. <laughs> yeah, he probably. Like,
1: wow.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't know him. But, I guess
1: evidence to the contrary at this
0: point. Is it? Do you see that evidence in your own yes. situation? You see the evidence that's contrary to that statement? I love that. Yeah. You know, I had a a conversation with a client um, I think last week or earlier this week. I think it was last week. And she uh, relatively new, you know, as a client, substantial premiums and they're actively using it in their business. And a financial professional told her that no, what you're doing will never turn out like, you explain, like you're like you explaining and the company will not pay dividends when there's an outstanding loan. Mm-hmm. Well, whether he knew it or not, they have substantial outstanding loans because they paid substantial premiums mm-hmm. and they're financing a substantial business that has substantial cash flows. So yep. she knows to the contrary, he's sitting across the table from her telling her this isn't going to happen Whenever it's actually happening, you know, so I love that, that you've seen the evidence to the contrary. I love that.
1: Yeah. Took a lot of hard work, too, but, you know, but it's evidence to the contrary. Right. I mean, I I don't know if that was or wasn't the right decision to make in that moment, but I made it. (laughs) I had my reasons. I did it. I've lived with the consequences, but no, it didn't ruin me just because I took money out of my 401k to buy a house when I was young.
0: I love it. You know, and they can read too, right? I mean, they have some kind of degree, some kind of educational training and experience in the financial world that surely they can read statements. So if they can read statements, they can read books. But did they, you know, do they do the work? I don't know, but they have an opportunity.
1: No, I mean, I think the other thing that just, I guess that you've talked about a lot i've seen some of your older presentations and things where you know you talk about the lies of the 401k and i think you know i did wake up to that lie or you know many years ago after after contributing to one for, for a long time and still have some money in it um i did take advantage of the opportunity to take a lot out last year to pick out every dollar i could um you know under the the CARES Act, because I wanted to. And I was like, I need to get this out from under the, um, you know, hold of the government. And, you know, I still have money in there. But, you know, when you're 20, 59 and a half seems a long way away. When you're 50, 59 (laughs) doesn't seem so bad anymore. So it'll be here before I know it. And, you know, it's one of those things that you know fine i'll you know I don't, I don't need that money it's hidden i guess it's i can consider it you know backup money if it's there and if i really really need it i can get at it um but not without penalty and not without penalty for the last many years and there's again only that short window where you can take it out and then you i know my dad even told me you know when he turned 71 he was like i don't want that money out and he had to take it and I think that part of just how much control you give away of your money and and I think but if you don't know where else to put it like it's better than putting it nowhere it's right it's better right. better to have saved it in a bad place than to have never saved it and you know, for many years I didn't save there and I didn't have a life insurance policy that I was funding. So, you know, in, in, for those years in between when I didn't know better or didn't know that this existed, you know, I didn't, pr- I probably wasn't the best steward of my money in those times, but I just didn't know, I knew I, where I didn't want to put it. So I invested in my businesses, I invested in myself, but I wasn't using every tool that was out there. And so I think that's why whole life and understanding just the short-term benefits of it, the long-term benefits of it. And, you know, it does take time, like you say, and you know, it takes time to build these policies to a place where it will provide the things that will provide, but that time's gonna go by anyways. You know, it'll, I'll be, you know, every year passes and you get closer and closer to the, you know the performance that you see on the illustrations and like you say it will probably even potentially outperform that but if nothing else there's at least the guarantees of what is there and what i've contributed in the tool how i can use it
0: mm-hmm. and then you know what can you do what can any of us do what can each of us do in a 10-year time period with the yeah. capital that you do have access to oh my gosh yeah. the, there's the only limit is between your ears that's yeah. it so yeah. um and i agree that we this, this is a habit that we should all have is saving money somewhere understanding the difference between saving mm-hmm. and investing
1: yes, and then that's true too yep
0: yeah, and then recognizing that the best investment is you the mm-hmm. best investment that w- is you your health your intelligence your knowledge you right yeah and then You know, of course, especially, you know, the all-American family, we're all working, uh, you know, and then enjoying the time that we're not working. Then if you're in business, we're all building. And Mm -hmm. the idea of having to worry about your money is just an added burden. So if you have a strong foundation, a clear path, Um, and you start the earlier you start no question the better it is because the longer that whatever that is is in existence Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm just saying if you know we have a clear path it doesn't have to be esoteric it doesn't have to be better presented better than it is I mean if it's like When it comes to the infinite banking concept, correct foundation, correct structure, get to it, do what you were gonna do anyway. Nelson always said, and he's so true, that we should all be in two businesses. Whatever it is you do for a living, and then you should finance. What you do mm-hmm. for a living so mm-hmm. uh that's very easy for the the entrepreneur to understand that and to see that and then it's a matter of capital how much capital can i redirect or use as a premium a cash flow right loans loan repayments yep. and then but for the all-american family um it's the same that every household is not really different than a business Right? There's yeah. an income and there's expenses and we're all financing yeah. major purchases. So you don't have to be a big, great, big producer and entrepreneur to practice right. the infinite banking concept. You don't. Um,
1: right.
0: So it's it's a, it's a beautiful but thing. But like you
1: always say, like the illustrations, just move the zero to wherever it feels good for you, right? I mean, the, the concepts are the same. Just move the decimal point, delete some zeros, start wherever you can, but you know, you know I, I, I mean I love that the the book brings up just the equipment financing and you know our car purchases I think you know I mean I don't buy cars that often I'm kind of one of those people who buys the car and keeps it for ten years but you know I but I think the concept you know you can see it right it, and I think it's a, a tangible thing we've all probably done it right if you're over 30 at least you've probably at least bought one or two cars in your life um, and probably I probably bought more cars when I was younger and now I just like I like this one this is fine but but I think that that, that idea of trying to wrap your head around, like, what do you mean I need capital? Well, it's like every time you go to ask for a loan, that's capital, right? You're requesting it from someone else, but why not just use your capital? And, and I, I think the other thing that was really attractive about the whole life banking, um, you know, becoming your own banker, was this idea of using your money twice. Um, getting two uses out of your dollar. Like, so you pay for premium, but then now you have this place that you can borrow from and that then I can repay it on my terms and when I need it, and not have to necessarily go to a bank to ask for that, but to become my own banker. And so I loved this idea and what I'm using my policy for is to help me pay my taxes. So I always saved, you know, because I'm an independent contractor and my own business owner, I'm saving every month for my taxes. And so that's how I funded my first policy. And then I use that and then just repay myself the money I save every month anyway. So that's my idea of, yeah, I get. I have this place I was saving for my taxes, anyways, and then I was already going to pay a premium, and then why not just continue to utilize that?
0: And we probably <laughs> and you probably we didn't get above third grade math doing that, did no.
1: we? No.
0: I mean, it's so natural. You know, you're naturalist. You know, health. Um, isn't this a natural solution to money? Yeah. I mean oh my gosh Uh, and I don't I don't have to be beholden to you know a guru I mean I believe I believe we all need coaches I think Mm -hmm. so I'm not I, I just don't believe that we should all be beholden to you know a financial expert or a health expert we should learn enough about our finances and about our health and everything else that we're interested in Mm -hmm. so that we can be competent you know now i want access to the professional i want access to the expert i just don't want to be dependent upon them yeah right so um it's a beautiful thing in my opinion you know this is a natural solution to money it is Mm -hmm. because i mean money's just a tool but it's got to reside somewhere that's a medium yeah. of exchange that we use. I mean, it's 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 a beautiful I can't thing. wait to
1: have my money in my bank instead of someone else's. <laughs> and I know you're helping me build a bigger mm. bank, but you know it's just those things of you know you have to start somewhere. You have to start with your comfort zone and get your feet wet. And like you say, you all we all start too small. And um, but you know you've given us some strategies to help us you know lock in age and lock in health and you know give us some ways to utilize our policies over time and to convert things in the future. So you know we've we've taken. Taken those steps so that you know we can do those things. And you know, in the meantime, while we're while we're learning and while we're figuring out, you know, how does the cash flow all go and you know how do you wrap your head around paying a premium? And you know, just just the mechanics of it all. I think it takes time and you know, there's really no substitute for just taking the time and getting the experience and incrementally like you said, once you grasp it, why diversify? Just keep doing more of what's Right,
0: what you know. Yep. No, and and, you know, without patronizing, I mean, I'm very proud of you and I'm very proud of, you know, uh, your partner. And because y'all have laid the correct foundation and then you've even laid out the path to continue to expand. Once Mm -hmm. you wrap your mind around, oh, I'm doing this anyway with taxes, it's just sinking fund method. I'm Mm -hmm. accumulating money here to pay my taxes, just don't pay your taxes one year and see what kind of property and assets swaps hands, right? Um, But then that's only, that's a major thing, there's no question, it's very major, but that's only one thing that you're financing. Right. Yep. Yeah. And,
1: yeah. Wait till I need a new car. It's happening <laughs>
0: soon. <laughs> right. And that could probably be done in addition to the taxes at the same time. Yep. Mm, what a concept. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Marcus did his car already. He he had a loan outstanding and we converted that into his policy loans. And so he's learning how to do that. And structure that and how we manage the cash flow about that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a matter of getting it, and, you know, understanding enough, asking the questions from your mentors and calling the office and then, you know, just.
0: Take an action. What you're
1: going to do anyway.
0: That's right. <clears throat> Take the action, build the, build the entity, build the bank, start the policy, pay a premium, go through underwriting. As boring as all of that is, as time yep. consuming as that is, it's worth it, yep. right? So.
1: Absolutely. Perfect. Well, I think the other thing I've learned is just that, at least along the way for myself, that no one really ever talked to me about what it what it really looked like to be properly insured. So, you know, I, I don't have kids. And so I never really thought about life insurance. I had, you know, you know, a small enough policy to pay off the house and to leave some money to, you know, to support others. But, you know, I didn't... And, and maybe other people who have kids think differently of like, oh, I definitely need to have life insurance. I, I didn't feel that that need, but I think that just learning how, how likely most people are probably underinsured. And even when we got our first policies and you said, you know, you're still underinsured, um, you know, if you really just run the numbers and look at your age and look at your health and look at your income. And, that, and again, those numbers are different for everyone, but. It's just you know income times time, and if you realize that life insurance is designed to be, you know, a replacement of income, and no one ever told you that you should take what you make and multiply it by twenty or thirty years. I mean, it's e- it's easy math, right? Like you said, third grade math. It's you know, if you earn a hundred dollars and you're going to live for thirty years, that's what that's what you should plan for, right? It's it doesn't. I, I guess no one ever really told me like what would be the the right amount of insurance and i never thought of it as income replacement i guess i always thought of it as like as like legacy mm-hmm. or you leave it to take care of others but i never thought about it as an income replacement and once you wrap your head around that then then the numbers become clean and then you can realize okay i'm there or i'm getting closer to what that really means
0: that's awesome <clears throat> and you know Thank you for even bringing that up. That was a kind of an educational, you know, conversation or two. The numbers, mm-hmm. when it comes to life insurance, we're, we're all limited in how much we can have, and then we're all limited in how much premium that we can pay, and we're mm-hmm. limited by you know, the construct of life insurance and the National Association of Insurance Commissioners. It's not, these companies don't just come up with arbitrary numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're exactly correct. Most people are underinsured. I'm very proud that uh, to be a part of, you know, you and Marcus, y'all's financial picture because y'all are properly insured. And you didn't even know that you weren't or even what that meant or how to even calculate proper insurance for someone. Mm -hmm. And then that's just the death benefit, right? Right. Then you have all the cash values, income replacement. If your partner graduates early, the income is replaced. Oh, but wait, since you're uh, a healthcare professional, the odds of y'all graduating early would probably be accidental you know mm-hmm. y'all are probably gonna live to 120 years of age <laughs> right
1: and, let's hope so
0: right and
1: <laughs> so long as we're having fun but why ex-
0: not? exactly and you know having fun costs money yes it, it costs money to live so all of that cash value is accessible in retirement quote-unquote passive income time in future years um Oh wait, all of that cash value is accessible for tax-free income. Mm-hmm. What a concept. And then we're still gonna graduate, I don't care how healthy you are, nobody's getting out of here alive, right. right? And then even if we don't have people that we love, we don't have children, our partner graduated before we did, you still have entities and causes that you love and want to support and continue to support currently. Yep. And so, oh, it's okay, they can be a beneficiary for that net mm-hmm. death benefit. What What a benevolent, altruistic idea. You know, life insurance is is really a noble financial product. So, mm-hmm. um, I appreciate well, you bringing that up. the other thing is, if,
1: if all that doesn't get you, then wouldn't you want to at least do the secrets of the rich? <laughs> if nothing else, like, if this is what rich people do, like. Of course, I want to put myself in that category with you know families who create this you know, generational wealth and you know, leave these legacies. Like, Why wouldn't we want to just do the things that others have shown us, um, do create generational wealth and, and those things? I, I just think it's also another thing to just say, why not take those secrets? And they're not so secret, but you feel like they are when you're in the conventional world.
0: Right, <clears throat> yeah, why not? If, if you don't, who will? Right, yeah. if you don't, who will? So it's okay to be a leader and show everyone the way, you know, the ones that get it, great. The ones that don't, invite everyone, work with those who come toward you, Mm -hmm. and mentor the committed. I love that.
1: Yeah, I love that.
0: So share with us about your, your passions in the healthcare world. More. Yeah, so Sorry.
1: so yeah, I have many. When I talked about, you know, helping create better NICU environments, so newborn intensive care environments that are, um, you know, more nurturing for families and babies and their little brains that they have to live with for their whole life. Um, so that's really consumed most of my professional life. Um, I got really interested in kind of natural things and understanding about non-toxic, you know, I learned about toxicity and chemicals and those kinds of things and got really engaged in, you know, why? are we using so many toxic things in the hospital in this place, this healing environment that we're trying to create? Why do we paint the walls with paints that off gas and give asthmatic kids issues? And why are we using cleaners that cause our housekeepers to have respiratory disease and asthma? And, you know, just it didn't make sense to me that in healing environments that we would be using such toxic chemicals. But to be honest, they're out there and available. And most of us would would not be thinking that those things are bad for us that, you know, if we can buy them, they must be tested and safe. And, and and it's just not true. And so I started kind of on an mission to, you know, green hospitals got really involved in in some organizations like the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments, and started teaching others about, you know, just these little hidden poisons in our life, you know, things like perfumes and, um, you know, pesticides, and just trying to help people identify the bad stuff and start to kind of change their lifestyle so that they can can understand how to live a little more naturally
0: i love that and so do you um have you made and this may be too personal you don't have to answer if you okay don't wish to but have you thought about when you graduate supporting those Types of institutions. Oh
1: yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, you know, children's health is really important to me. You know, poverty and you know inequities and those things are very important to me. So I give to those organizations already. But yeah, definitely is part of um, our long time, our long term planning is to give to some of these organizations that that will continue to do that work. Right. Nursing schools and creating scholarships and you know all those kinds of things. You know, are things that are in our path. Right? I
0: mean, that's part of the legacy. You know, you don't go anywhere in the world without rich people's names on buildings and especially in the medical world and universities. You mm-hmm. know, people donated money. Right. And that's why their name's on yeah. there. Right. So and they're and they've graduated. So they made provisions for the passions that they have.
1: Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: You know, life insurance helps on that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Perfect. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share if we come to?
1: Oh, no, I guess I would just say, you know, trust the process, trust James and the team, Um, you know, do your work, follow what he says, you know, read the book, read the book again, read the book again, read it again, Um, read the other books. Um, I would say that the case for IBC is probably one of my other second favorites that really helped to outline, you know, a little more about banking. That would be my second suggestion after people do really absorb that. I mean, I followed all of your instructions. you like, said, read the book. I mean, I think I had to watch your book review before I could even book a call. So I'm like, I did that. And then I just, you know, ordered the 10 hours of DVD. Like, you know I mean? I just, I did all the things and just continued to learn as much as I could. And um, I, I think back to what you asked earlier, I don't feel like I know anything about what it would be like to be a life insurance agent, but I understand fully what I've purchased and how I plan to use it. And if I have questions, like we just called you two weeks ago. I was like, we have this question, you know, we have this credit card bill and we have the cash and we pay it off. What do we do? And, you know, and you just walked us through the mechanics of it just to help us continue to better understand next steps, how to optimize, how to use it. And, and, and you guys really are an open book. I mean, you, you really do answer the phone. I mean, anytime you answer emails so promptly. So, I mean, I think if you are going to go down this journey, you need a good partner and, you know, that's how I see you and your team as Perfect. good partners.
0: <clears throat> well, I appreciate that. I didn't ask for that. I appreciate you sharing. I
1: promise he did not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you don't you don't feel dependent upon us, though. No? Right? No. I like the word you you said partner. I like that. So, um uh, I appreciate that. I like that. And you and you know what? I appreciate the the fact that you said and did actually everything that we encouraged and asked you to do. You did mm-hmm. it. And was that beneficial or helpful for you and Marcus to understand why and how what we're doing? Yeah. 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 So, and it you didn't die, right? You didn't die. No. Right. No, you're okay. I
1: think it's I mean, you're a busy person. And I think, you know, in order to respect your time, I felt like I needed to do the things you asked me to first so that we could have, you know, in-depth, intelligent conversations about the things that were still I still wondered about or the things I didn't understand. I mean, you can't possibly have already curated all these hundreds of hours to you don't need to do that again for me you you need to just answer like my unique situations or my you know my fears my worries help you need to help me personally but like the concepts are the concepts and i think that you've provided more than enough free content that at some point i just felt like i can't ask him anymore i've asked him a thousand times and you know at this point we need we need to have a business relationship or it's just not fair anymore
0: oh Thank you. You felt obligated. <laughs>
1: well, no, I guess not obligated, but I felt like, you know, I guess I don't want to say you earned my business, but certainly I felt like if I was going to do this, you know, begin this plan and this path forward that, you know, the, the relationship was important to me. I think just after having been burned so much, you know, or just burned in the past by that other relationship for insurance that, you know, this was a big step. But also, I just, again, wanted to ha- make sure we had a partner in it and that. know that we got along right i mean right you know that's that's important too if you're gonna rely on on somebody in your team
0: no i completely agree i'm complete alignment with that thinking you know i don't want to work with people that i don't like Mm -hmm. i'm not going to work with people that i don't trust Mm -hmm. i'm not going to work with people that i i'm not confident in their abilities and i don't want to work with people who don't Uh, respect their own boundaries right I don't practice outside of my abilities Mm -hmm. I know some of the best attorneys in the country I know some of the best CPAs in the country neither of which I am right and I don't want to be I don't want to know what they know I don't want to do what they do I want to do what I do and I want to do very well what I do within my abilities and Mm -hmm. that that may not be for everyone that's just me I mean um, so I, they're very kind words and i'm very appreciative and i align fully with that thought process so thanks for sharing that yeah um and so, i knew
1: so can i add one more thing sure just in case it resonates with somebody else so i think it was on a um wealth ability podcast that i listen to from time to time and they had this concept of um buy borrow and die have you heard this before no buy borrow and die and so you know i think some people buy real estate borrow against it you know create assets and then you die and you pass those on but i think life insurance is this way too it falls into this idea of you buy a policy you borrow against it and someday you die and it's if you paid the loan back or you didn't pay the loan back it's collateralized by the death benefit and and so i i thought this is a really simple concept to also talk about related to 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 life insurance. It's like you are buying something and you get something in return. You can borrow against it. And then someday you die and you graduate and you have this um, benefit as well. So
0: I love that. My only addition to that would be, and you mentioned it, if you pay the loan, you got to be an honest banker. Yeah. Right. And so we, we're all making purchases. You know, you mentioned cars earlier and mm-hmm. I drive my cars into the ground, they're at least 10 years old. Well, if I have a partner and they do the same thing, we're still buying cars every five years. Yep. Then yeah. if I have a partner who really likes sports cars or, or whatever, <laughs> you know, yeah. we might be buying cars every two and a half years, right? So, um, <clears throat> and you wanna touch back on your father too, his mm-hmm. comments because, okay, so I'm gonna buy a car. I've got to have cash or right. access to capital to make a purchase. Yes. So if I have uh, not developed discipline, then I'm gonna be beholden to the third-party lender to make that purchase. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go borrow mm-hmm. money to you know make the purchase. Then I'm gonna make loan repayments until that's paid off. Mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna buy another car, or well, in this case, cars. And so there's always a cash flow. I'm either saving and yes. spending and resaving for the next purchase or I'm borrowing, making a purchase and making a loan repayment. Yes. The cash flows are no different. But at the end of this time period, whatever time period you want to you know, compare the two against, <clears throat> at the end of the period, if I'm practicing the infinite banking concept, all of that cash value and dividends would accrue to me. Mm-hmm. If I'm borrowing from the third party lender, all of that cash value and dividends is gonna accrue to them. Well, James, the uh, bank's not buying life insurance. I get it, but the bank pays dividends, mm-hmm. right? And they just, your bank pays dividends. They just don't pay you a dividend because <laughs> you're not the owner of the bank. And then right. all of that, the bank's taking advantage of that velocity over and over and over and over and mm-hmm. over, and they're gonna profit from it. And it that's just in the automobile. Everything we purchase is financed. And the banking function exists. Banking is banking exists, and somebody's going to profit from that, and it might as well be you, and yes. you might as well profit in a way that you can access all of that capital, tax free, either yes. in this generation and the next generation. So it's a win-win. And the uh, only addition there is is the honest banking: buy, borrow, yes. repay, and die. Buy, borrow, yes. repay, like and die. I like that. And then yeah you you
1: said and like and like Nelson would say right pay yourself more than you'd pay somebody else because again why wouldn't you if all that extras you know if you have room in your policy and you can do it then you pay pay more than you is due
0: exactly and fill
1: up, and fill up the paid of additions as much as you can
0: right and then if your policy's full start a separate segregated checking account and let mm-hmm. the bank do the accounting and you can follow your cash flows, you will naturally see when you need to expand and buy another policy. Just don't be Mm -hmm. forced into that position, right? You should choose. Um, No question. It's like, I get it, we can get a 30-year mortgage for 2.9 today. I get it, lowest interest rate environment ever in all of Mm -hmm. recorded history. Well, pray tell what's the interest on the credit card the average American owns, right? They'll pay 15, 20, 29% interest all day long And they're valuing the third-party lender's money at that rate or they wouldn't be paying it, right? And then they probably really don't even think through that whole process. So uh, the third-party lender's money that didn't exist until you signed your John Henry on the loan document is valued at 20% and your money's not worth that? Of course your money's Mm -hmm. worth more than that. So this Absolutely. does give you kind of a guide or a barometer, a way to measure the value of your money and your cash flows. And once mm-hmm. you see that, it's like, oh, no, wait a minute. I'm trading my time, my experience, my knowledge, and I'm taking it away from family or things that I love to create this income and to create this cash flow. It's 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 valued much more than 20%. So, yeah. you know, it, you should just recognize it and act like it. You know, my opinion.
1: Yeah. Well, I like that you added that repay part because I think that also just illustrates, you know, again, another principle that you share, which is, you know, that, you know, sometimes the policy design is less important in the end when it's really about your behavior and how you how you value what you've created and how whether or not you respect the the idea of paying yourself back. So I think that that repay, I'm going to add that in. So now it's yours. (laughs) It'll <laughs> be your little. It's modified. Um, <laughs> it's a modified, yeah, yeah. modified. Um, but I think that is really important. I mean, it does feel kind of, um, you know, juicy and desirable to like take all this cash value out and never pay it back. But, you know, that's not really the purpose of it, right? The, the purpose is to, you know, use it when you would need it normally, not to go be frivolous and buy things that you wouldn't have bought anyways, but, you know, to use it for the things that you were planning and to just be your own banker.
0: Yeah, that's a real pitfall. You know, because we, we accumulate the capital It's such ease of access to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then we're benevolent. And we like to help friends and family. You know, become your own banker. We, we, we finance things, and then. You know, there may not be a formal agreement and you're not really Mm going to repossess anything from your friends and family. you got to be careful with that. And then everything walking down the street is not a deal. You know, if you're in the real estate world, everything walking down the street is not a deal. This gives you the opportunity to enhance your skills, to even recognize opportunities, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Um, Yeah, I mean, if it's
1: not going to make more than what the current dividends are, then why, you know, don't don't move it. And I, I think you said that earlier, too, which is... You know, something I think people, most people don't really think about their IRA and their retirement plan as an investment. And I, I think you've said it many times and others too, right? You know, investment has the risk of loss just as much as risk of gain. And it's like buying a house. We all assume your price of your house is gonna go up. But if you've, you know, lived long enough, you've seen that that's not always true. And, um, you know, it's just, it's one of these things that, you know, you do wanna be very um, smart with the capital you've created and, you know put it in a place that you have the most control and that you you know make those investing decisions knowledgeable that there can be lost not just gain
0: yep i love that did you and this is you don't have to answer this too but did you have you ever just taken a loan just to see how easy it was and repay it
1: well we got yeah we got to actually fill that <laughs> loan paperwork this morning so oh, okay um, so I did, but yeah, I helped Marcus when we did the first one, we kind of walked through it together. You know, the, the team at the office sent us all the paperwork, but I mean, and we were doing, we did see there was a way to do it online too, and just have it automatically. But at the time we were paying off something bigger than what was available online. So, um, so the office helped us out with, with that, but it was really painless, um, very um, painless. Perfect. Yeah, it's, you no. guys make everything painless, so it's... Um, Except
0: for painless reading painless. and educating, right? Taking the time to do your due diligence, yeah. we like to...
1: Less. That's on us,
0: yeah. Yeah, we like to make it easy. I mean, we like to be easy to do business with and interact with. There's no question about that. I mean, customer yeah. service, I mean, client I mean. service, I mean, that's important. Um, I, w- I would like to touch back on... You made a comment earlier about your father. Your father, mm-hmm. when he turned 72 and a half, He had to take his required minimum distribution and did not want the money. I don't want the money. But he had, and we all have to, well, 70 and a half then, now it's 72, right? Um, You have to take your required minimum distribution because Uncle, from qualified plans, because Uncle Sam wants his share.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? And and I have a lot of clients that are, you know, uh, in that, situation and they did everything that the financial, you know, community taught them to do, right? Save, which is important, invest in qualified plans. And it was always under the assumption that when you retire, if you save 10% in a qualified plan, you're going to become a millionaire when you Mm -hmm. retire and you're going to be in a lower tax bracket. And the question is always, which one happened or which one didn't happen, right? And so- most of their money's in their home or the qualified plan and they have to take it out and pay taxes on it and then they have nowhere to put it in a non-qualified account other than a savings Mm -hmm. account or give it away right it's like you really don't have control because you didn't have a choice in that and now a lot of people may need that money to live on no problem Right. Yeah.
1: But, yeah, for uh, sure. For sure. And that's, I mean, that was just, he hadn't needed to take it out yet. I mean, he was just felt like the longer I keep it in there, it keeps growing. And, but why would I want to take it out? But like you said, it's just, those are the rules. And, um, you know, we all sign up for that when, you know, when we sign on the dotted line to get involved in those, probably not really understanding that. And again, you know, in your twenties, in your thirties, seventy seems like a long way away. You can't imagine <laughs> right. that you would ever, you know, I think it's also that lie around, um, and and I believed it. I mean to be honest, I just believed it like I couldn't really fathom, you know, you know, of course you when you're older you'll be in a lower tax bracket and I was and I think I don't know if it was one of your videos or somebody was just like why would you want to be in a lower tax bracket? Like why is that a selling point of these plans? And I I just think when you realize you have already been diligently saving and that there are caps to what you can save. And then you have to like try to find some other way to save. And, you know, maybe you do a Roth IRA and and that's great and fill that up for as long as you can. But, you know, if you become more successful than those limits, then you are capped out there. And those caps, like there is, you know, you're like you say, if you're a producer, like whatever you're producing and that's how that multipliers worked out, like that's how you can build your bank these rules are made for everyone. And if you're at a, a certain income, you will cap out, you will put enough in those and you can't do any more. And how is that fair to you, you know, who need who will likely need more in the future? And, you know, you always say, you know, pay the taxes on the harvest or the seed. And, and that that those are just the concepts, you know, like these little nuggets that you say over and over, like you really need to really ponder on those because I think once you understand those little things that you say like they're really deep and they're really profound and and those are all the little things that stack up and you know most people do look at oh i have a million or i have two million in my retirement can't plan isn't that amazing you know they've worked 50 years for that and and then they have to pay tax on that so it's like nope sorry you don't actually have as much as you thought and then all the fees on the back end and I mean, just all those pieces of the invisible erosion of your capital that happened inside those, ac- those accounts. It's, you know, but I, but I get it. People feel trapped. They don't know what else to do. Okay. And I felt that way too. And so, you know, you do what you do till you know different. And, and luckily I found something different.
0: All right, and then when you know better, you should do better, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I love that. You're awesome. Wow. You're gonna have to come back because uh, people wow, need to thanks. hear you. <laughs> You're it's welcome it has been any any other closing comments burning desires no Anybody? just good
1: luck to your editors i'm putting all this together <laughs> i don't know how they're gonna do it but um I'm are in good hands
0: yeah i don't think you said <laughs> anything that we can't share so the editing no, shouldn't be hard it's a
1: all over the place like oh we should talk about this let's talk about that but Perfect. yeah no happy to be here happy to you know just share my perspectives and you know i'm still an infant when it comes to all of this but you know we're practicing and we're learning
0: to walk so good job thank you very much kathy i greatly appreciate your time and you sharing with us um, and i know people are going to love it and they're going to want to hear you again so
1: oh thanks we'll, we'll i'm happy to come sometime. back
0: okay well have a great rest, rest of your weekend okay
1: thanks you You're too welcome.